Amen. Hey, and that's that great inspiration from uh, from David and Sarah, man. If you don't know those guys, man, they're just just some some amazing people. You know, uh, uh, when they started coming to know the Lord, they immediately got uh, get involved in like Kid City and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's just fantastic. So, uh, guys, my name is Casey. I don't know everybody. In fact, there's a lot of new people that I have not met. Uh, uh, I'm the campus pastor for the Edgerton campus that we launched in January. And uh, man, this is so great to be back in, in, in Shawnee. What I was telling uh, Pete, Pete and I were talking about this morning, it's like we're bringing the edge to the knee, right? Is that, is that cool? That's, so it, it's, it's kind of like we are, we are one church with multiple locations and everything. So, hey, I want you want to do a couple of quick things, man. If you guys have a Connect card in, your, in the front of your seat, uh, in the front of you, everybody hold it up for a second, will you? Man, everybody's like begrudging. I need more coffee. I can't do this. What? Everybody got them? Okay, cool. Hey, listen, we've got like needs in Kid City, needs in first impressions, needs. In, and if you would like, like fill out, serve like uh, areas where you would like to serve, if you'd like to serve in different things, man, I want you to be thinking about that. We are actually, I'm going to give you kind of an update on things that are going on in, in, this, in Edgerton at the Edgerton campus. But what, one of the things that is really cool is that we've had great crowds and we've had great, like it's been packed houses and things like that, no doubt about it. I remember a couple of times, I think like three weeks ago, we had the largest crowd we'd had since, since the launch. I mean, it was, it was insane. We're looking back at the at people just standing up in the back. And we had, you know, when I, when I call, made a call a week before last and last week, and I had everybody hold up their Connect cards, we got like 40 people that, that signed up to serve in our campus, man. And I was like, what? Man, this is incredible. So we got like, we're ready to go now, like prepared people-wise, to go to two services on August 16th. Amen. I mean, this is this is crazy talk. Six months old, we've been six months. We've been rocking in, in, in the edge, man. And we were Pete and I were like, man, it's like it's like we're bringing like we're bringing, like like we get, we're almost like it, it's the same. I mean, we, we were talking this morning. It's like the sa- it's the same Holy Spirit, same God, you know, the same feel. We, we love being here. We love being in, in Edgerton. We just love New City Church. But ultimately, we love Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. See We've been talking about the story. How many people really are starting to enjoy getting to know the Bible more, getting to know the scriptures more through the story, man? Show of hands. Man, I'm telling you, man, this has been incredible. Guys, we want you to, what we've been talking about, we've been talking about God's, God's upper story, right? And, and, the, and part of what we've been doing in Edgerton, part of what we do here in Shawnee is that we are, we, are, we are realizing more and more as we go through the story, and I think pastors and staff and those, I mean, folks that are supposed to like know scriptures a lot, we're all starting to realize too that, that, that these interconnectedness between the New Testament and the Old Testament is just mind-boggling. I mean, we kind of knew it intellectually, but when you start seeing the reflections from Genesis into who Jesus is, talking about really, uh, really talking about who Jesus is from the very beginning of the scriptures, and we got God's upper story here. We're we're in in our lower story here, or God's upper plan, our lower plan, whatever you want to call it. And ultimately, what we find out is that God wants to be with His people in the lower story. That's a crazy thing to be thinking about. I mean, the heaven, the guy, the, the, the one that made the heavens and the earth, the creator of absolutely everything we see, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the one who's absolutely everybody will bow to at one point or another, wants to be with me? Some jacked up, messed up, sinful dude like me? Are you kidding me? That's a cool God. That's a God that I'm willing to serve. Amen? 
Man, it's, it's incredible. So we want you to, to get the storybook, man. If you haven't gotten it, we've got some that are still available, but you may want to get them online, put them on your computer and stuff. That's what I do. I got them on my laptop. The only problem is every once in a while, I can't figure out what the page numbers are. You ever do that? It's like, oh, I'm, what page is that? I'm on section 1093. I don't know what that means. You guys know, some of you, some of you techie freaks are like, yep, that's right. That's right. We got the real page numbers though. Get the storybook, man. Start reading it. We're only in chapter 6, and there's 31, chap- 32, 31 chapters of, of, of the story. And so get it and catch up if you want to, man. But, but, it's, but it's a great way to start realizing kind of the, the interconnected. It's a, if you don't know what the story is, it's an abridged version of the Bible. It's not a replacement of the Bible. We don't want you to, to look at the story and go, this is the Bible. I mean, it's got Bible excerpts from it, but it's written in chronological order that helps people to see the interconnectedness of the Old and New Testament and all that stuff. It's so, so cool. We want you to come and hear the messages on Sunday morning. And if you can't, got malaria or something like that you can look online and, and and you can look at the video if you want to look at the edgerton podcast you can look at that too i mean we can kind of kind of and the cool thing is that each of us who are teaching this each week have a not a different perspective if you will like a, like a different but we but our takes based on our personalities our takes about what god is speaking to us man is is, is so cool so check them both out if you want to it's not a contradictory message by any means but it's the same based on who we are we're not like cookie cutter teachers here, you know. We don't like it. You got to teach it this way exactly. It's so cool to be a part of this church. It's incredible, and so we have freedom to do the things that we can do. If you haven't started coming yet, we got story groups throughout the week. Check online. Check in your check in your uh, your your your, your, your bulletins and things like that. We've got you know, sign up for a story group. Man, it's not too late to enter into one. It's not too late to start. We got a new round starting here, if you will, um, next week. So. Check that out too. Discuss this thing also with your family each week, man. Take a time out for the for the to talk about this with your family. What you're learning. What this crazy pastor from Edgerton talked to you about, man. What did you, you you agree with him? I don't know about that guy, man. But talk to each other about it, man. And ultimately share your new understanding of God that you're learning through going through this message, going through this story, going through this curriculum, if you will, with other people, man. Tell other people what you are learning. That's what we're wanting people to do. See, because what we've started to learn, we've gone through things like the creation, right? Started with creation. We went through the, talked about the flood. We talked about Noah. We talked about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, right? Joseph had the Technicolor dream coat, right? I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere. <clears throat> Somebody, hey, I was in that play. Don't make fun. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying. So we talked about Joseph. We talked about all that stuff. Talk about how God used like what was terrible for. Uh, something to happen to Joseph for God's own glory so that people could be saved. It's kind of like a reflection again of what, what, what Christ did for us. It's remarkable. And then you got Joseph dies in Egypt and about 300, 300 years later, you got a new Pharaoh that has no idea what Joseph did. And so uh, he like, freaks out about all the Israelites, right? Like he had 12 tribes of Israel living in Egypt and he's like all freaked out. Like, going, whoa, there's a lot of people here, man. If they ever decide to get up against us then, and we ever went to war, they go fight against us, right? So he starts, starts saying, oh, all the male Hebrew children need to die. So he kills like all the male Hebrew children except for Moses' mom. So he, Moses' mom puts him in the Nile River to try to save him. And, and, and so he's saved. And, and so later on, he's, he, he's like out in the wilderness for a whole bunch of years and, and God comes to him in this, you know, burning bush, right? It says, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. And it's incredible. They have no f- official government. And we're talking about 
1.8 million to 3 million people. Some people say it's not that many, but, but if you look at most, I mean, it's probably like almost 3 million people that come out of Egypt. They have no official government, no official laws, no official systems. And God gives the Ten Commandments, which we talked about last week. You guys remember the Ten Commandments, right? Right? Talked about the Ten Commandments to the people, and, and he instructs them to build. This, is, this blows my mind. That not only does he tell people what to do, but he instructs them to build a tabernacle where he can dwell among them. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you know if this tabernacle that he asked to be built, was it, was it like a, a place where, where it was like, like there was no movement or was it mobile? It was mobile, right? And so here's a God who says, I'm God. I'm the creator, the alpha, the omega. I wanna, want you to build a house for me, a house that you can take with you and I will dwell with you. And that's, that's wild. This is, this is, it, it shows a God that wants to be with his people. And if you're filling out your bullets, you start filling out here. He wants to be with his people, not just wants to rule his people or judge his people. Well, man, so many times people will look at God and they'll say, man, I, I, I just, I just, God's just a, just a hating God, man. He just hates me. He just, he wants to judge me. I see him up there just looking at me like the condescending bony finger of indignation, looking at me like, I can't believe you just did that, you punk. That's not who God is. He wants to be with us. Amen? This is what Jesus did. See, this is what's so crazy. It's the same God in all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. You're looking at the same God who has the same characteristics, the same, same beautiful love. And this is what Jesus did. He made his dwelling among us. John 1, 1 through 3 and verse 14 says, In the beginning was the what? Yes, say it with me. And the word was with God and the word was, right? This is heavy, heavy concept. Deep theological thinking here. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were what? Right. So this creation account that we're talking about is now being talked about in the New Testament. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is wild. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Exactly right, man. So this is, this is the same God who came in the flesh and wanted to make his dwell. Did, now, let me ask you a question. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I like answers. Does God need anything from us? No, if he, if he needed anything from us or he, could, he needed anything we could do for him to survive, like carb damages or idols or anything like that, right? If he needed absolutely anything from us, he wouldn't be worth worshiping in the first place. Amen? But see, not only God did he, did he want to dwell with us, he brought his people out of Egypt and brought them to the promised land. And this is where it gets kind of sticky and hairy and crazy and, and all this kind of stuff. All these, all these questions start coming about, about why would God let these people do go through this stuff and why did he put them through the desert for 40 years and things like that. Ultimately, he did it because they were just grumbling a lot. They took them through the wilderness for like 40 years, right? Almost immediately when they come out of Egypt, like, I wish we were back in Egypt. He's like, what are you kidding me? You were grumbling when you were there, right? You were slaves. You had no freedom. All this kind of stuff. He brings them out. I see in the story groups this week, we're going to look, look, look a little bit further about why the discipline and the wondering and the reasons for them were going on in the, in the desert. But, but ultimately, guys, what we need to understand is that this, this discipline and this wandering was was for the own good of the people so that God could discipline them to bring them and grow them up. How many people are into sports at all or play sports or anything like that or used to play sports or anything like that? Raise a hand. 
<clears throat> how many people are into academics? Like, like they really like studying and learning and testing and that kind of thing. They got to grow through. How many people are like into, into work? Like, they, like they're growing in their jobs. They really are, are they're on a fast track to the corporate world, that, whatever you want to call it, or they're starting their own business or, or anything like that. You're entrepreneurial in nature. How many people are like that? You guys have something very similar to each other is that you're willing to pay dues to get where you want to go, you know what I'm saying? So if you wanted to, if, if you're a weightlifter, Jay, where you at, right? Biggest dude I ever seen, man. This is like our security system here, right? Awesome. Cut up like, man, I'm going to be like that guy when I grow up one day. But he, this is Jay, man. Jay's like working out. He's like pumping iron. He's like showing us what to do, right? And he's like, he, he pays dues to, to have the kind of, kind of build like that, right? I mean, these guys do that. You guys, you guys look at like sports people that like, Go through all kinds of stuff, like vomiting on the practice field, all kinds of stuff. You're like, what are you doing, man? We're trying to get better, right? But when it comes to spiritual matters, we look at God and say, God, I should just have some maturity here, right? I mean, I come to church every Sunday. What's wrong? How come I don't get it? Hey, y'all, y'all know, man. Y'all laugh because you're like, I, I do feel that way sometimes. I mean, we all do, right? We're not willing to pay the dues, man. But this is what he's done for, for his people. If we are his people... He's going to do that for us. Can I get a big, fat, new city amen on that? Let me talk to, let me talk to Deuteronomy, uh, some excerpts from Deuteronomy chapters 1 through 6. And, and if you want to read the cliff notes of the Exodus, you can start kind of in Deuteronomy. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing. So, so Moses is looking at his people. They're about to go into the promised land after these 40 years. And lots of different reasons why Moses couldn't go in. We could talk about that different sermon, different time. But Moses ultimately is looking at his people and goes, in, starting in, uh, in the story, page 84 through 85, an excerpt from Deuteronomy 1 through 6. Says, These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through these fast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. This is crazy. Listen to this. Ask about, he says, ask now about the former days, long before your time, from the day God created human beings on the earth, or on the earth, ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? People are like, why would God put these people through this? But he's sitting there going, hey, is anything as great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of the fire as you have, as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to Take for himself one nation out of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. That sounds like an old, old, old school song. Mighty hand. Right? Okay. Focus, focus, Casey. Or by great and awesome deeds, like the, all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. You were shown these things so that you might what? No. That the Lord is God, besides him there is no other. Sounds like the very first part of the Ten Commandments from last week, right? Kind of like a repetition here a lot in the Bible, but it's just consistent, consistent teachings from Genesis to Revelation. From heaven he made you hear his voice to what? Discipline you, yeah. On earth he showed you his great fire and you heard his words from out of the fire because he loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them. He brought you out of Egypt by his presence and his great strength to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you and to bring you into their land and to give it to you for your inheritance as it is today. Acknowledge and take heart this day that the Lord is God 
in heaven above and on earth below on earth below there is no other keep his decrees and commands which i am giving you today so that it may go well with you and your children after you and that you may live long in the land the lord your god gives you for all time hear o israel the lord our god the lord is what one and this is the greatest commandment according to Jesus, that and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those two go hand in hand. But it says this in Deuteronomy 6, 4. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts, right? Even from the very beginning, it said it needed to be on our hearts, not on just in our outward deeds. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, there are only two times that Moses is telling the people that we should be dwelling on the greatness of God whenever we are here or somewhere else. In other words, all the time, amen? See, what God did here to the Israelites, and this is what blows my simple mind is that he didn't make great leaders of anybody although he did call people to lead no doubt what he did here to the israelites is make great followers right and it took 40 years to make great followers in the wilderness uh, you know i'm a teacher like i said before i love teaching i love answers when i when i ask for answers but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm really this is a challenge and i know that 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 for that yeah but there are principles of leadership in the bible and that kind of thing but I'm looking for a place where God looked at somebody and I haven't found it yet and nobody's been able to show it to me. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. Trust me. But I'm looking for some place where God looks at someone and says, you were a great leader. Because I haven't found it. I, I, I haven't found it. He looks at somebody. Now, there, there are times when he says, I need you to lead these people, right? But I've never seen God in the scriptures. I've never seen Paul write anybody, anything in the scriptures. I've never seen Jesus himself utter any words in the red that says, I commend you for your leadership. Not one time have I ever seen it. I, I can't remember. See, the times that God got angry during the 40 years was not when Moses and Aaron were bad leaders, but when they were bad followers. That angered. What did he call these people? A stiff-necked people when they weren't following well? He didn't say, hey, you guys need to be leaders down there. He didn't say, hey, guys, I'm telling you, you need to be better leaders down there. He is saying, follow, 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 follow. That's the, that's the thing that excites the heart of God when we're good followers rather than good leaders, because ultimately good followers, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, good followers are good leaders. Amen? Man, we got to understand this. If, we're, if we don't follow well, we'll never be the kind of leader that God wants us to be. And that's hard for us because it goes against our nature. In fact, it goes so much against our nature that according to a 2012 study, there's $14 billion is spent annually by companies in the business world to develop leaders. $14 billion. And the actual the article that I was reading is like, this ain't working. <laughs> you know? But there's something about we, we, all, we want to develop leaders. Well, I want to lead people. I want to be significant. I want to do this. But what is significant to God is that we're great followers. 
according to another article that if you take not just the training of all the companies, but also the books and all the, this is a $60 billion thing. $60 billion is spent on developing people into leaders. That's incredible. Yet the scriptures say follow. The scriptures say, I want you to learn how to follow. The scriptures say, I want you to be a better follower. And when God gets angry, people are like, oh, oh, God's an angry God. Well, he gets angry when we don't follow well. This is real simple, right? Love God with everything you got. Love other people as yourself. Jesus said, boom, against such things there is no law. Amen? It's incredible. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, even Paul writing to this jacked up, messed up church says, follow my example as I what? Follow the example of Christ. So we who are in leadership in the church, man, all we're doing is following God. Hey, God, this is where, yes, sir, we are, you're the boss. You're my Lord. Deuteronomy 6.4, I love the Lord your God. I love you with everything you got. Folks, this is where we're going to go because this is where God says I'm open, absolutely open to however we can get there, no doubt. But God says we're going here. We got to go there. Amen. This is how it works. It's not about, man, I got to learn how to be a better leader and stuff like that. Now, I'm telling you, and if God has called people into leadership of any kind, whether you're at work, whether you're, whether you're at church or wherever it is, man, learn, 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 learn what it means to be a good leader. No doubt about it. But ultimately, we're following the Lord because that's what we got to do. Even Jesus never said, I'll make you great leaders. He said to his disciples, follow me. Right? blows anybody else's mind that the whole world is going after leadership and here's God going pursuing followers. God has to help us unlearn. God has to break us in our lower story, right? And he has to sometimes really put us through some stuff because the whole world's going, you got to learn how to be a better leader. You got to learn how to be a better leader. And God's like, I'm got to follow us. See, he breaks us in our lower story to help us align with his upper story, right? Man. Guys, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, kind of land the plane of this message by talking about the, one of my favorite devotionals. And it's one I read on a daily basis. It's my utmost for his highest. And you'll see Matt's blogs a lot of times will have my utmost on this. But July 21st utmost really just, just punched me right in the gut. And it says this, man. If you haven't read... My utmost, man, I highly recommend. Go to utmost.org. Man, there's this, there's this cat named Oswald Chambers. Died 100 years ago or so. We're still reading some of his stuff, and it just blows your mind. Because we think we're so far advanced, and he's talking about the business of society, and he's talking about all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. But listen to what he says. He says, Beware of thinking our Lord is only a teacher. If Jesus Christ is only a teacher, then all he can do is frustrate me by setting a standard before me that I cannot attain. What is the point of presenting me with a, such a lofty ideal if I cannot possibly come close to reaching it? I would be happier if I never knew it. What good is there in telling me what I can never be to be pure in heart? To do more than my duty or to be completely devoted to God? I must know Jesus Christ as my Savior before his teaching has any meaning for me other than that of a lofty ideal which only leads to despair. But, everybody say but. But, when I am born again by the Spirit of God, I know that Jesus Christ did not come only to, to teach. He came to make me 
what he teaches I should be. The redemption means that Jesus Christ can place within anyone the same nature that rules his own life. And all the standards God gives us are based on that nature. Wow. So I want us to understand something, man. I know some of us are feeling we've got this calling. We got, I don't know what the heck's going on. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what, what we're supposed to be. I bet we got this tug from God, man. But I want to give you some heads up. That if God's calling you to do something, whether it's in your family or your workplace or the ministry, whatever it is, he's never going to really call you to do something that you can do on your own. He's he's not going to say something something easy. He's going to call you to do something that you're going to have to rely on him. Right? See, great spiritual leaders are great spiritual followers. I know of no example where God said, man, you led well. But I know lots of examples where he said, way to follow. Or when they didn't follow this, when he got really upset. Catch what I'm saying on this? Even Jesus, when he looked at Peter at the end of John and Peter's, he's saying, Peter, you're going to die a horrible death, dude. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be messed up, man. You ain't going to like it, but it's ultimately part of the plan. And Peter looks at another disciple named John. He says, what about him, Lord? What about him? <laughs> I love Jesus, man. He just looks at him and says, what is that to you? You just follow me. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a great leader. He commanded the following followership not leadership is what God wants and we are all called to be a Moses to somebody there are people that need to know God either they either they don't know him at all or they've never really truly been discipled or they've never really truly been um, they've never made this decision to really follow, not just be a Christian, not just be a churchgoer, not just be a check off on a demographic survey that yes, I'm a, I'm a, I go to a, a, this denomination or whatever. I'm talking about really being a submitter to and a follower of the Lord, and that's the basis of who we are. And that's why what we do here at New City is so strong. And that's why David and Sarah, what happened to them, is such a radical transformation. And I've seen it transformed lives. And it's not our building. It's not our leadership structure. It's not anything like that. It is Christ and Christ alone. That has made the people change and transform into something that just blows people's minds. And guys, for some of us, man, we may have some difficulty dealing, you know, struggling with what God is telling us right now. We've got some tables in the back, man. See three tables. See the lamps. Everybody look back at the lamps back there. See those little lamps back there? Somebody will be one at one of those tables if you want to talk. We will be. Amen. Father, we love you. God, we love you so much. We can't believe you even not just not just not just like like created us. We thank you for that. Not just created everything we see. We thank you for that. 
not just give us talents and abilities to use for your glory, not just that, but that you have a desire to be with us, that, that even in the beginning you asked people to make a house where you could dwell in them and go with them. It's, it's crazy, but it's like the, like the first glorious mobile home ever, ever made. And you wanted to be with your people. And you came in the flesh and wanted to be with your people. And through your Holy Spirit, you still want to be with your people. God, we thank you for that. And may we never be too arrogant to follow you with everything we have. It's in your son's amazing name we pray. All God's people said.